You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. I didn't check, but we don't have any new callers, so we're just going to kick this thing off with Mike, Packer Superfan. Hello, Ryan. Hey. Mike Herbring, a.k.a. Packer Superfan. What's up? Hey, Ryan, just checking in with you. I see the game just started. Uh, looks like Pittsburgh is going to get the ball. Uh, yeah, they got a... Looks like they've got a first down here already. So um, just wanted to touch base with you quick. Uh, we are at the halfway point of the season with eight games in and eight games to go uh, after today's game. So I think it's a good good kind of time just to kind of take stock where we're at. Um, I know I predicted uh, six wins for the Packers this year. Um, you know, and I, again, I was just very concerned about the defense more than anything and, and unfortunately the offense has been the bigger problem but uh, um, you know I I think you know everybody's talking you know this week how much better they feel about the team I don't think nothing's really changed I think we're still probably looking at those six wins um, my prediction is that uh, they will lose the next four which will be three and nine at that point um, and then of course you know all the conversation about tanking and LaFleur being the guy and Jordan being the guy. All those things are going to raise their ugly heads again um, as we get through this four-game stretch. And then I think they probably will find a way to win three out of those last five, uh, which puts them right at six wins. I think that's just ultimately where they're going to end up. You know, best-case scenario, maybe seven. Um, Worst-case scenario, maybe they, they, they only win two of those last five games, potentially. Um, there are some pretty, you know, even though the teams are bad, they do have to play some of those, some of those teams on the road. So that could be a struggle. Um, uh, as far as today's game prediction, I, you know, I made it pretty clear on social media already. I think it's 24-3 Steelers today. I just, I think this, this is a get-right game for the Steelers. There's no question about it. They're playing at home. Um, you know, uh, the Packers are just, uh, right for the picking, I think, with, uh, the injuries in the secondary with Jow out. 
Um, I think I predicted earlier this week that Pickens would go for like 150 yards. So I think they're going to have a hard time stopping the, the Steelers passing offense this week. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, the other matchup to watch is, uh, obviously the, the pass rush of the Steelers. You got a high stuff going probably against Rasheed Locker, it looks like today. And then, um, you know, TJ Watt against Tom. I feel pretty good about Tom against TJ actually, but, um, be careful, uh, with Highsmith over there. And they've got some other players too that could really be a problem. So 24-3 Steelers today, and, and I think you're going to want to score 40 in losing streaks. Um, but let's see. Hopefully we're wrong. Um, if they could good, if they could win on one or two of these games in this game, four games stress, well then we're talking about a whole different ballgame. Uh, be interesting. Maybe I'll call back later. Thanks. Well, so far the uh, four-game slide is off to a good start, that prediction anyways. And you almost nailed exactly the Steelers' score, but we're uh, massively underestimating the Packers' offense. So I hope you were at least happy with their performance. I guess we'll find out. Well, maybe. Looks like you did call back around three, so we'll find out. Part two. Hey, Ryan. Mike Everin, a.k.a. Packers Superfan. Well, the Joe Barry run defense is back. Good times. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have a feeling, at least in the first half, we're going to get a lot of calls about the defense. Um, that was pretty rough to watch. I mean, it's not just the run defense. I mean, it was just it was a little bit of everything. And I understand, like, while Jair's out, I'm like, okay, okay. It was mostly the run, um, and it is a pretty bad offense. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it. Uh, like I said, I, I don't have massively high expectations for the defense. I, I think that they can show flashes of being really talented. I think they have the ability to beat up on some bad offenses occasionally, but I think they also are way too susceptible to just being bad, you know, just flat out being bad. So they, I mean, they, they tightened it up down the stretch in the second half, but the first half was pretty painful to watch, you know, especially when, you know, you get so tired of hearing they broke this record or that record or whatever the case may be. And in this case, it was, the Steelers being one of the worst first half teams, haven't scored a first on their first drive in X, Y, Z many months, years, however long, and it's like, okay, here we go. Freaking, of course. Ryan, hey, Mike Capri, aka Packers super fan. Something. Uh, yeah, I just followed my last one call. So it's end of the first quarter. Uh, nice, nice drive by the Packers offense. We'll yeah. take that. That certainly was good to see. <clears throat> Romeo Dodds with a nice catch in the corner of the end zone. Fantastic. Jordan Love looking looking pretty good, actually. Yep. Uh, I'm still out on him, obviously, but he is looking good today. And then, you know, the Packers defense, you know, I think we all we were wondering if this the run defense was a mirage over the last couple of weeks. I think we're finding out that, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Pittsburgh has got 62 yards already this game in rushing. So, yeah, that's not going to go well if that continues um but we'll see yeah and since you brought it up i'm sure it'll come up a lot probably some differing opinions as to um who was good and who was bad because you know again it was kind of like the offense looked good but it was still kind of clunky so you can be really excited about for example the wide receivers you can also be really ticked off because there were still drops you could be really excited about jordan because hey first half deep passing was on point or you could still look at it and go, there were a lot of really off-target passes on top of like two picks that should not have happened, but did. You know, you could be pumped up about the offensive line mostly holding up, or you can look at it and go, you know, getting smashed by TJ Watt and everything else. You know, if if you 
look at it from a young team improving standpoint, I think you're happy because I think this, for me anyways, was the growth game. This is the game you look at and go, okay, this is a young team going through growing pains, but they are growing and that's important. And that's what I've been looking for. But you also still have those same issues in small doses all throughout the game. So it's kind of just going to be interpretation. And I'm interested to see how that gets interpreted. And honestly, I'm kind of sitting back a little bit because I don't know that I've fully formed my opinion. And I'm kind of waiting to see what you guys say. See if you can kind of help me uh, sway me one way or another. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Joe the janitor from Connecticut. How you doing, bud? Good. You? Oh, so game day about... Um, Ten minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, our defense can't stop anything. They're running all over us. I think I just saw a stat for 95 uh, yards rushing already in 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure the game is 60 minutes long, so <laughs> hopefully they don't get 300 yards rushing today. Um, holy crap, we just got a sack. Wow, Preston Smith, good job, good job. Anyway, I just wanted to call in. And um, pray with the rest of the nation that our defense can um, stop these guys because uh, their offense is pretty terrible. So this is uh, a little rough. Anyway, show them. Well, they did tighten it up and only end up with 205 yards. So your prayers were answered, I suppose. Penalties. Run defense. Penalties and run defense, I think, is what uh, Ryan Santos said. Yeah, the, listen. Again, this is the second week in a row. I really don't like complaining about the refs. I think that's stupid. I am really becoming that guy because I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Let me give you an example. The Zach Tom lining up too far back or whatever. Um, I mean, if that's a thing you want to start emphasizing, okay. But when you have 90% of tackles doing it, and the main guys that do it all the time that are the reason that the NFL is emphasizing this, go after them. Why are the Packers the one being made an example of? And then some of this stuff is so ticky-tack, and I get it. Like, you know, some, some, some crews are much more sensitive than others. And there was that one early pass interference that shouldn't have been called, but at the same time, you see a jersey pull, you know it's going to get called, whatever. I guess you let it go, but it's just... Some of this stuff is so stupid and ticky-tack. Um, the the later, uh, I think it was a holding on like Keyshawn Nixon or something, like, you've got to be freaking kidding me. So, I mean, I get it. Like, the penalties are still a problem, and that's not good and need to be tightened up. But some of this is like, man, you know, this is a young team trying to overcome adversity. You know, it's it's like a uh, a criminal trying to set his life straight, right? He's been a... a it's been a life of crime and they're trying to do good and they're trying to be right with the law and you like tackle them in the middle of the street and throw the cuffs on them for jaywalking like dude come on come on like this is this is crazy he didn't rob a freaking bank dude all right so it's unfortunate that i feel like to me it's two weeks in a row where you know a lot of times you look at these penalties and it's like come on you moron like you're jumping off sides blatant holding calls or whatever the case is, and some of them obviously are. I'm not saying all the calls, but some of these you look at and go, I'm not even mad. Like, I don't care. That's basic football stuff. That's what everybody does. You want to throw a flag on that every single time, there's going to be a flag on almost every single play. Give me a break, dude. And this whole lining up thing, we had three penalties in two weeks because of guys lining up where the refs don't like it. 
You don't like it? Fine. Start throwing flags on everybody. You're telling me that the Steelers' tackles never once had their leg back that far? Come on. And I get he's jumpy because it's TJ Watt. Maybe he was. I don't know exactly where they're trying to draw the line on that. Whatever. Then, of course, you got the, the very clear backwards pass or lateral pass, which is the same as a backwards pass. It is a fumble. Number one, don't blow the whistle. Let it play out, and you can review it after the fact because turnovers are all reviewed. This is basic refereeing 101. And number two, what are you talking about, Dean frickin' Blandino, or whoever it was that came on, the expert? Like, well, it was inconclusive. What is inconclusive to you? I can see the ball. You can see exactly where the quarterback threw it, and you can see exactly where the ball landed. Like, you can, you can literally mark it. Go upstairs where the guys that are, that are the terrible announcers are, you know? Take their little yellow scribbly pad, draw a dot there, and a dot there. Is that forward? If not, it's a fumble. You're going to come on here and tell me you don't know? How do you not know? Well, it's the angle. It has nothing to do with it. There's where the receiver's feet are, okay? You can see the yard line. You can see that he's reaching backwards, and you can see where the football is in relation to his hands, in relation to his feet. You're going to sit here and tell me, well, I don't know. I honestly think they did that just because it would be such a mess for them to say, yeah, you know, that kind of sucked, but... Then we blew the whistle dead, so I guess it's the Packers' ball, but we got to take away the touchdown because we're stupid. Be easier to just say, yeah, it's inconclusive. Never mind. Keep going. You bunch of jagoffs. Freaking annoying. But you're right. They still have to clean up the penalties. I don't want to make too many excuses. I just don't like that we're getting all the ticky-tack crap, dude. Because it, to me, it feels like they are cleaning it up, and it's not being recognized. You still get eight penalties or whatever it was. Actually, I can look right here how many penalties it was. I don't think it was that many. No, they had five. Five isn't terrible. Shouldn't even been five, though. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike. Hey. I just wanted to uh, mention something real quick before uh, I forget about it. A.J. Dillon, really long run, right? And then immediately after, Matt LaFleur goes to his bag of doo-doo and pulls out a long-developing play and ends up getting Jordan Love sacked. And honestly, I didn't even like the, the way that the play was run. Um, so, like, that, that's my gripe with LaFleur. For some reason, when he goes to his bag after big plays, he just gets us screwed. Anyway, let's see how this game goes. Go back, go. Well, and again, I, I, I don't know exactly what that means. And I, I don't want to just accuse you of saying it didn't work, so I don't like it. But, you know, like, was, was the play, the touchdown last week to Musgrave, was that in his bag? Because I thought you, maybe it was somebody else, I thought you called in and uh, no, I think it was somebody else. I can't keep it straight because I got callers coming in saying, we're not creative enough. And then I got other people calling in saying we're being too creative and we need to be simple. And it's like, well, both of them work and both of them don't work. I mean, if you're asking me, running a play action shot after a big run play seems intuitive. So again, I, I guess my only issue is we need to have a hard and fast rule. What is the rule? No long developing plays? Is it no creative plays? We're talking in his bag. like So no creative plays like the Wicks toss back and all that just erase that. That, that that will erase the Musgrave touchdown and like all the cool plays go away, but we can run and do short passes. I'm just saying I need like a hard and fast rule. Like what is specifically the thing that you don't like aside from, you know, it was a deep shot and he got sacked. So let me know specifically what you don't like because I'm not understanding fully. Hey, got to say, um, well, first of all, I just called. I think I said like two words or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I caught and I got a 
I got distracted, so I was like, let me just say my two main points. But <laughs> I think you uh, did all right. Pump block. I, I kind of thought that was going to happen. I, the the first uh, extra point attempt, they almost got it, and I was hoping that they would realize that you know they're uh, taking a little long to set that ball and make it all happen. But whatever, it's one point. Both little point that's a commented by this but um, love still looks. The same today as far as like, you know, I would say about half of the passes have been on point thus far. The other half have not been on point. But I will say the receivers are doing a better job at cleaning it up. So hopefully the second half is, you know, as well. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I mean by interpretation, right? Because, you know, you've got, for example, I mean, the the, the very obvious fact that he was just better in the first half could by itself be seen as a positive. Or you can look at it and say, well, okay, that's up to the standard of what every NFL quarterback in history has done. I'm not throwing you a freaking parade for that. And then it's like, well, the completion percentage is good, but what if the accuracy is off? And then what if the receivers are cleaning it up? Because like I saw a couple times where they're going and like digging these balls out and I'm in my, in my head, I'm thinking, what are people thinking? Is it on, if, if you're sort of pro love anti receiver, you're probably looking at that going, finally, if you're more pro-receiver, anti-love, you're looking at that going, why does every freaking pass have to do that? Stop making it so hard. So, I mean, look, it's not really the same, Jordan, because the first half was just way better. I think the accuracy was relatively solid. There were some inaccuracies, and there were definitely some inaccuracies that covered up, got covered up by good wide receiver play. But there was also some accurate passes that got thrown in the incomplete column for Jordan Love by just drops. I think Aaron Jones had two. Christian Watson had at least one. I don't know if there's any more than that, but I'm I'm pretty sure. I remember Christian had a real easy one he dropped, which was relatively inconsequential. I mean, it still sucks, but it was like he would have been short of a first down and we were going to punt either way. It would have just padded the stat sheet a little bit. And I think I know one of them, Aaron Jones, and, and it wasn't even from Jordan. The one from Wicks was a drop. And the other one I kind of think was a bad throw, but I'm not positive. So again, it kind of just comes down to at the end of the day, there was good and bad. And we are starting to see more of the good. Like the deep passing, there was, I I said earlier, we have not seen Jordan Love just throw in stride like one. Now, I don't know if these were like perfectly like in stride, like a handoff downfield type throw, but still good enough where it's not like, good Lord, the defenders got to catch up and everything else. The touchdown to Romeo was sexy. The touchdown to Jaden Reed was beautiful. The throw to Musgrave was solid. Although I think he needs to learn how to track balls over his shoulder as opposed to being like, hold up, I got to turn around real quick and catch it and then try to turn back around. I, I'm guessing that's what everybody's talking about with him falling down. Because I was watching him like, I mean, it kind of makes sense he fell down. But then as I'm looking at him, I'm like, well, why did he catch it like that? Aren't you supposed to just like track it over your shoulder and keep running and get a touchdown? Isn't that how that's supposed to work? I don't know. Maybe it was just an awkward placement for him or something where you kind of got turned around. I don't know. Who knows? Again, there were there was clunkiness kind of all over. And I think... If we're being real, I'm sure we're going to be split into teams on who did really good and who did really bad and all that stuff. But overall, it was still clunky, but I do think that there was some really positive signs. That's more or less where I'm at right now. Why don't we take our first break? We come back. We got a whole lot of Jersey Mike with a little bit of Craig mixed in between. That sounded weird. It is what it is, though, man. Just stay tuned. I almost said something that would have just been brutal. Oh, boy. Glad I caught that one. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Jersey Mike, so uh, I'm glad to, uh, you know what, I, I'm glad to eat my words. I mean, maybe it wasn't a Matt LaFleur call that I got, no, no, let's let's put the credit for that one on Jordan Love. Oh, that was beautiful. I mean, he could have let Reed a little bit more, but that, this is what we've been looking for. This is what we've been looking for all year. <laughs> Keep it up, Jordan Love. Anyway, go back, go. Well, you you almost you almost came full circle and, and gave him a proper apology, but um, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna take that as an apology to Matt Lafleur. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we're calling that in his bag, but I mean, the deep passing kind of on point in this game. So let's not let's not be too hasty to rip that out of the playbook. Is all I'm saying. But yes, very nice throw, very nice catch, great play call all around. Good good news, good things, good vibes. If you're a douche and you say that kind of stuff, great vibes. It's all about the vibes. Hey, Jersey Mike. So, uh, quick question: um, Who who's going to start the lawsuit against the NFL? This this is ridiculous. How is it that they allow betting on games that are clearly rigged? That ball went half a yard backwards. Right. That is a touchdown for Sean Gary. But what the frick is going on here? This is ridiculous. Yeah. And instead of having a touchdown, now now we punt the ball back to the Steelers. This this game is rigged. If it's not rigged, the NFL somebody needed to call down and immediately say no, 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 not doing it. Yeah, not to, doing it. And to make matters worse, not only did they not call down and interject, but apparently the referees all got together and looked at it. New York got in on there and they were looking at it, and they came to the conclusion that it was actually a forward pass. And then when even the uh, the announcer for the game, who seemed to be very much on the Steelers' side all day, was like, dude, that's bull crap. That's obviously backwards. Even when he said it, you've got the NFL referee expert coming in going, yeah, yeah I don't know. It looks like it's... <laughs> like, bro, everybody can see it. You think we can't see it? Do you think they ban replays for people at home to watch it? I can, I can see it, bro. I don't know what else to tell you. And on top of that, here's the problem with the, the no fun league. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like robbing somebody. Like you went into some lady's purse and you stole her wallet. 
And you look inside and you grab the money out of it and you're like, what are you doing? Like nothing. Like you're stealing my money. He's like, no, I'm not. And you stick it in your pocket. Like you just took my money. I just watched you put my money in your pocket. No, I didn't. And you start walking away. Like I, I don't understand what's happening right now. This this soft candy crap, right? You know what what is the what happened? Right? They blew the play dead early because right. God forbid we let football players play football. Right. If you can't figure out Again, this this is ever since they decided to make all this stuff reviewable, which is a fantastic decision by the NFL. The automatic rule is let stuff play out. Let touchdowns and interceptions and fumbles, let it play out. Assume it's a turnover. Assume it's a touchdown, all that stuff. Keep that frickin' whistle out of your mouth. I don't know if they put frickin' cocaine or heroin or crack on those whistles. They love blowing that frickin' whistle. They love hearing the sound of the whistle. Keep it out of your mouth, you freak, and let the play go, and you can check it out later. Let them celebrate. Let them have fun. You got to be a freaking know-it-all and get, oh, no, no, I saw it. No, you didn't. You obviously didn't. That's the thing that I don't like. I mean, it, you know, for, I, I thought about this earlier when um, there was a guy who was down and he wasn't down or whatever. It's one thing to say, I don't know, I didn't see it, and then have to bring it back. Like, oh, his knee was down, my bad. I didn't see that. Fair enough. You can't see everything. It's another thing to come in and go, no, 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 I saw his knee hit right there. You're just lying because his knee didn't hit, so you didn't see it. You didn't see that. So you're telling me you saw a forward pass. No, you didn't. You did not see that. So you're lying. You're not 1,000% positive that the play needs to be blown dead, right. and you shouldn't be blowing the whistle Thank until you. the play is absolutely dead. We th- This game is so soft. And I'm sick of it. Oh, oh, if your forward momentum gets stopped, we immediately blow the whistle. No, we need to get back to letting the play completely finish. Guys need to be put on the ground before the refs even think about blowing the whistle. That's why we have crap calls like this. This is ridiculous. This is disgusting. Oh, and Joe Barry still sucks. Go Pack Go. <laughs> yeah, that, that call was stupid to me. I just... I don't know. I mean, even if you can come out and be like, no, 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 I got definitive, you know, we, we got the, the, the camera angle from overhead, then you can see, again, I can draw a little dot here and a little dot there, and it went forward. Listen, don't blow the whistle. Just don't blow the whistle. These are reviewable plays. I mean, this is so simple. I don't know if I could be a ref, but one thing I know I could do is just stand there and not blow the whistle. I'm positive I could do that. How can you not do that? That seems weird to me. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig. It's hey, Craig. Nine. Man, that um, bad call on the lateral. Yeah. Um, calling that forward pass is ridiculous. Yep. And what a big game changer that was. Um, and I still don't understand why referees freaking call blow their whistles so exactly. quickly. I'm not sure if they would call that a touchdown for us or not. Because they did seem to blow the whistle, I think, before Gary got in. But... Terrible call. A run defense doesn't look like they uh, came to play, which is disappointing after the last two games. They looked really good there, but looking terrible this first half. Maybe they can shut down the second half. Hope we get Jones the ball a little bit more. I think Jordan looks okay. And special teams is pathetic. Just terrible. All right. Let's go, Pat. 
Well, fortunately, almost all those things happen. The defense does tighten up. They get more Aaron Jones, not necessarily a positive, but Aaron Jones does get a little bit more involved. Um, the special teams, at, at the very least, our kick returner um, does a fantastic job. I can't really speak for you know, the kicker constantly kicking the ball out of bounds and whatnot. Um, and, you know, all the other mishaps like Josiah DeGuara just... <laughs> that, was, that was like a glitch in a video game, dude. Like, <laughs> he just sat there. I mean, I, you know, I, I understand sort of the idea behind, you know, if he has to clear all the way around you, like you just don't let him to the inside. If he runs all the way around, he's not going to make it. You must have been standing in the wrong spot or something because everybody can run that angle and block a kick. I mean, that dude could have jogged and it would have hit him in the butt. So I don't know if he's new to that position or if he got a little worried about like, you know, they're getting a little jumpy about lining up too far back field. I, I, I have no idea, but there is no universe. Again, I, I understand like you, you don't want to set up too wide because that was a problem for us like a couple years ago when special teams was a disaster. We kept widening too much and it made it easy for them to get inside. And it's like, if anything, let them get outside. Don't let them get inside because that's the fastest path to the kicker. And if you try to let them get they're, they're not going to be able to bend all the way around the corner, but you can't hug in tight and then just not move. So I... <laughs> I have no idea. Josiah, man, I have been uh, I've been a big Josiah DeGuara fan since the day you got, well, not since the day you got drafted. I actually really didn't like Josiah. But he, like most of that draft class, when I went back and watched, I really appreciated. And so I started to get really excited. But plus, he came out of a college that had a bunch of really good tight ends, and they were all middle-round picks. And it's like, all right, here we go. I think like Brent Selleck. And who's the other big one? Is it Travis Kelsey or something? I don't know. So I got excited. I'm like, it fits like the Matt LaFleur offense when you watch, I think it's Cincinnati, was it? I don't remember. I don't remember where he came out of. But um, yeah, dude, I just I just got excited about it, about having that role in the offense and really bringing this Matt LaFleur offense to life, Shanahan offense, whatever. But I swear, aside from just a couple catches that kind of looked somewhat promising, I just, I'm struggling, man. I'm struggling. And now we got Tucker Kraft with a catch. I feel like if he has like two or three more of those, he's basically matched Josiah DeGuara already. So, <sighs> here's what it is. I'm sorry I'm calling a million times. Jersey Mike again. Red half time. Um, here, here's my serious question. Uh, it has nothing to do with the team, realistically. Uh, the, the defense sucks. Uh, the offense, I mean, they're playing back. The offense, looking pretty good so far. Special teams sucks. Um, but whatever. Part of the course, only one uh, unit shows up. Correct. Uh, each week. So anyway, the the real question is, what what is the fix for this officiating debacle that we're having in the NFL? And it, it is not just the Packers. And there are so many teams that get screwed out of calls each and every week. How do we fix this? And and Roger Goodell just got extended again. And as I'm I'm seeing from people talk about it, you know, the more controversy there is over calls, the more publicity there is, the more people watching there is. So realistically, what is it that we fans can do to get this fixed? This is ridiculous. They're completely destroying the game of football for people who actually like football with these flags. I was just reading a uh, a post on on Twitter, X, whatever, um, about how the game in Germany, one of the announcers was like, uh, is is that a flag or are they just going to let these guys play ball? That's essentially what I'm at now. So how do we fix this, Ryan? I know you probably don't have the answer, but I'm hoping you do. But at this point, the only thing I can say is there needs to be a, a full-time referee 
Uh, right. uh, they need to pay referees full time. These guys can't have part time jobs. These guys have to be dedicated week in, week out. I think we have to get more technology in the game yep. so that the vets can't make these calls. You know, they have a microchip in the football. How is it we can't use the microchips to determine where the ball should be? Why is it there isn't one ref spotting the ball every single time? I mean, where, where, where do we get better? I, I, I'm, I'm sure we can figure something out. But anyway, your thoughts? Go, Pat, go. Yeah, I mean, some of this stuff isn't going to get fixed. And I know, I know the re, I, I, I can prove it to you. That, that lateral pass proved it. Because at that point, take away the whistle part of it. If you can review it and you can have a team of people reviewing it and come to the wrong conclusion, that just can't be fixed, right? <laughs> just, I mean, I, I, aside from, I, I guess you could say the the chip in the ball because that would probably help quite a bit. And I don't know why more technology isn't used. I think it's more fun for the game. Everybody would enjoy it. Everybody already really likes, as far as I can tell, the uh, Thursday night Amazon stuff, and, and they're barely scratching the surface. They could do so much more with that. Um but using just the technology that the NFL has, but refuses to even utilize, like you said, not only just for refereeing, but for the quality of the game. Like, you think we don't want to see what, you know, Amazon is doing generally? Like, throw their names up on the screen. Throw a little circle around their feet just for the heck of it, you know, like a friggin' Madden game or something. And, and just, I mean, it, it almost feels like it's getting worse, too. What is with these stupid camera angles? I, I, I am so unbelievably sick. I know we're talking about officiating, but these kick returns with that stupid spider camera where they're trying to give us a field view, I hate that so much. I can't tell. That looks like a 10-yard return. Like, was that good? I don't know. Until finally we look at it when they give us a different camera. Oh, they got up to the 30. That was really good. I have no idea. There's no depth perception from there. I'm going based off of how long the person is running and trying to guess where they are on the field. It's so stupid. I don't like it. I can't imagine anybody does. I don't know whose decision that is to do that and to keep doing it, but they're an idiot. Stop doing it. I don't understand. But you're right. I I think um, full-time refs would help. Maybe not a ton, because some of this is just human error type stuff. But, But, you know, again, that is a coaching point. Do not blow your whistle. On plays that can be a turn, this is stuff that you need to know. And I feel like with more training, as in you do this year round, now that could actually be a negative too, because much like bureaucracy, you have to sort of justify what they're doing. And so that could lead to more emphasis and more, you know, strict calls. But I think it's worthwhile to explore it. But I I agree. I think technology could help. It, It could certainly make things worse, I suppose. But you could do it simply like the reviews too. You just Dip your toe in the water with a couple different things. At the very least, let it be something that, that as a tool that you can use. Allow the people doing the reviews to also pull that up. You could see the trajectory of the ball by using the, the, uh, the chip in the ball to see where it went. And you could say, well, it's not a perfect. Okay, but it's as good as anything else you've got. And if it's not perfect, make it perfect. Use better technology. You know how much money? I mean, you guys are so... Simple-minded and stupid, man. We're, we're in such a technologically advanced stage right now, and I just look around, and it's like, man, nobody is really taking advantage of the uh, things that are available to us right now. Nobody is. You can do so much cool stuff. You've got, like, Amazon doing cool stuff. you got, you know, Mr. Elon Musk doing cool stuff. Who else is doing cool stuff? The NFL doesn't care. They, 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 they're so old school that it's just football and cameras and then PR, right? Point the camera at the football game 
and then sell television ad revenue. And then PR is protect the ad revenue by taking the violence out of the game or the the violence slash injuries out of the game. That's our only priority is protect our financial interest and our financial interest in, is selling television commercials. That is such an old model. That's like, I'm going to start a blog and sell Google AdSense, you know, uh, banner ads. Bro, <laughs> is this like 2002? Come on, man. You know, and you've got companies like Twitter, companies like Amazon the, that are that are banging down your door to, to throw money at you, but also to enhance your brand. And, and I'm glad that doing it with Amazon, they need to further explore that. Allow these people that, are, that, that, that have these capabilities to do your freaking job for you. Or better yet, get rid of that moron, Roger Goodell, and put somebody else in charge that has more forward thinking and not just protect our financial interests. Just grab all the money and hide it. Protect it. Oh no, a lawsuit. Quick. Start tearing away the NFL. It's like when you, you know, burn your crops. You ever see those people that like, are they, they tear out their crops to stop a fire from pouring through? That's all they're doing. They see a fire and they just rip out the crops. Like, get it out of here so it doesn't destroy the whole crop. We're so scared that these little things are going to tear everything apart. It's like, that's all we're doing. We're just moving backwards here. Why aren't we moving forwards? I mean, the the XFL and all those teams, they're doing a better job of providing a product. The only reason they don't work is because nobody wants to watch the freaking Hawaiian renegades or, you know, like who gives a crap? I don't know that team. I didn't grow up rooting for that team. I'm not going to watch it. But do I want to listen to the helmets? Yes, I do. Do I want to hear the referee? Do I want to see the play calls? And the NFL, like you said, you got you got chips in the balls. You got all these different things that you can use at your disposal. And we see it, right? They have the ability to use the next-gen stats to show us all this stuff, like, after the game. Do it during the game. And the fact that Amazon can roll up and just instantly be like, here, let me take that for you. We're going to add in all those cool things. Oh, by the way, we're going to use, like, this massive supercomputer that we have to build analytics to like show who's going to be blitzing and all this stuff. Like it's no big deal. Like we'll do that our first time taking a crack at this stuff. And the NFL is just sitting there trying to get ants with a freaking stick. <sighs> Anyways, did that answer your question? <laughs> Why don't we take our final break and uh, we'll hear from Aaron number two, a.k.a. Jimmy. Hey, it's Jimmy. It is sixteen seventeen. The good guys are down by one. I gotta tell you, I'm really, really enjoying this game. Really enjoying this team. Jordan's cutting it loose, and most of his choices are looking pretty good. He's had some nice touch on the ball. Um, Jones is looking competent. Nah, runs aren't always going anywhere, but they're consistently getting on the ball, and he's making some plays. I don't know. I don't know what's going to mean, but uh, as you were just discussing, uh, I am I am enjoying my Packer fandom from the couch. Go Packo. Good, yeah, and and you know you can kind of see the glimmers. I know we lost the game, and we lost the game to a bad team. I'm not going to sit here and try to you know blow smoke or whatever. It's obvious what the situation is, but you start to see the glimmers a little bit, right? With with Matt Lafleur kind of going into his bag, and I know we mess that up most of the time, and it sucks. But it's nice to be able to see the glimmers. I'd rather lose swinging for the fences than lose freaking trying to dink and dunk and run the ball all day long. Even if it makes you look stupid with Dontavian Wicks throwing to your star running back who drops the ball, right? It's like, oh, man, we look so stupid. But again, just my, my whole thing this whole year, and you don't have to agree, is keep your foot on the gas. You're going to make more mistakes. You're going to look stupid. You're going to have more sacks. You're going to have more negative yardage plays. 
but we're going to see those big chucks down the field to Christian Watson. You're going to see the big touchdown pass to Jaden Reed. You're going to see the big corner of the end zone pass to Romeo Dobbs. You're going to see the deep down the middle passes to Luke Musgrave. You're going to have those plays that that get Packer fans to jump out of their seat and scream. And I want that. And I think we're starting to see more of it. With, with Jordan Love getting better down the field, we're going to have more opportunities to cheer. I can't guarantee we're going to win. I can't guarantee we're even going to be good. But more reasons to cheer, more progress. And, and, and let me say this. Now, you know what? I'll save it for tomorrow's podcast. We'll save the big picture stuff for tomorrow's podcast. And now I'm probably going to forget, so <laughs> whatever. Hey, also, cheering one more time. Um, I just noticed that we have the Johnson, Nixon, and Ford ah. on our defense. Pretty funny. That is literally in order. Three of our presidents in order: <laughs> Johnson, Nixon, Ford. Do you think we're too bad we didn't draft Arnold Washington? We're gonna draft a Carter next year. Could be. Think we might go in the other direction and like add a Kennedy to the roster. Yeah, we got to keep this rolling. Anyway, I just thought that was pretty cool. That that goes well. You know, there's some some power in those names. Yep. Anyway, uh, I, I would like to just point out also that the power is coming through today. We are. We're playing with some power. We're playing with some confidence. And uh, it's really cool to see. We're kind of, it's all phases of the game right now. In fact, now that I think about it, uh, all phases of the game. Doing something good. Go back home. So there is, he's probably, you know, looking undrafted free agent range, but there is out of Alabama a linebacker by the name of Demoy Kennedy. However, the more likely candidate, although maybe likely isn't super, you know, he's a linebacker, but Barrett Carter out of Clemson. You've also got a defensive lineman out of Duke, Dwayne Carter. Running back, Michigan State, Nathan Carter. Carter's probably the more likely uh, situation. Andre Carter, edge rusher out of Indiana. Bryce Carter, defensive lineman out of Virginia. Jameer Carter, defensive lineman out of Virginia. Did I just say that? Bryce Carter, defensive lineman out of Virginia. Jameer Carter, defensive lineman out of Virginia. That's funny. Uh, Jihad Carter, safety out of Ohio State. And Devin Carter, wide receiver, West Virginia. So look out for a Carter. Start scouting these guys right now, because I got a feeling one of these guys will be on our team. Analysis. Hey, Ryan. Hey. Joe, the janitor. What up? From Connecticut. What's going on? So um, we just took the first lead of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, our first lead. Um, so pretty good, I guess. Except for the fact that we probably should have scored a touchdown the last two times we got field goals. Um, right now, it's like we're doing pretty decent, uh, dominating the Steelers as we should. And, um, hopefully, hopefully we can figure out how to score touchdowns instead of, uh, field goals. You know, probably help if our guys can catch the football when it hits them in the chest. Looks <clears throat> much great. <clears throat> a little great, um, but. but anyway. Hopefully, we hold the lead till the end of the game. Shalom. Hopefully that happens, Joe. I wish you have better luck than I had. Hey, Ryan. Hey, I think we are witnessing the um, the uh, the fall of Jones. You know, great player, phenomenal. But his drop issues are just gross. I mean, I think he's had three drops his game alone. We just entered the fourth. So I think... Um, Jones is officially, uh, you know, on the 
the backside of his, I should say the backside, but he's definitely, he's definitely on, the, on the downturn, man. Um, yeah, I, that's all I wanted to say. Let me get back to the game. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't want to rag on the guy. I, I, Aaron Jones is is awesome. He's he's been great for the team, but you know, I just I pointed it out this past week. You know, just 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 as an observation, and I knew people wouldn't like it. I'm just putting it out there. It's a thing, and it's a thing to take notice of. Um, the drops, the fumbles, and not a massive amount of production. Even in a game where it's like, see, look how good he was. It's like, well, he's. He got a lot of carries, but it wasn't really productive carries, to be completely honest. And you look at this game, and it's like, I mean, Dylan had the best run of the day. I still like the way Aaron Jones runs, but a lot of these were just not very productive. And, you know, I mean, obviously, when when Jones gets hit, I mean, that guy goes flying backward. He's a smaller guy, you know. It, and again, we can blame the offensive line for some of this, but when you look at it and see, again, let's get back to justifying investing in a top-end running back. And you look at it and say, okay, well, we have to limit his carries because he's a smaller guy. He's getting up in age. And, you know, what, 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 are, what is the upside? What are we really getting? Let's say we give him the ball 20 times. What, what is the expectation here? In comparison to, number one, other running backs and what they could do given the same situations, and number two, how much you can get production-wise compared to if we had passed the ball which is tough to go up against. You you look at one 20-yard pass to Jaden Reed. How many times does Jordan uh, does uh, Aaron Jones have to run the ball to get to 20 yards at three yards a clip? Seven times? Granted, not every pass is 20. I'm just, I'm just saying. And then you add in the fumbles, and then you add in the drops, and it's like, you know, I mean, some, at some point in the game, there were, Jones had a pretty good run, and the announcers were like, this is the guy that makes the offense go, and I'm sitting there like, really? I mean, you could say that about anybody if you say it after they make a big play. You could have said it about Jaden Reed. You could have said it about Romeo Dobbs. You could have said it about Jordan Love. You could have said it about Zach Tom for certain parts of the game. You could you could say about it anybody right after they make a big play. But I don't think it's really been the case. And I'm 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 not gonna sit here and declare that he can't bounce back or that you know his career is officially over. I'm just making the observation. It has not been massively productive this year. And you could say, well, he hasn't gotten the ball a lot. Right, but we can see a massive sample size over the course of the games that he's played. I mean, coming into this game, he had 50 carries. 50 carries is a pretty sizable sample size to be able to assess how they're doing. And on the 50 carries, we're talking 188 yards, 3.8 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, two fumbles, and a 66.4 rushing grade. And on the receiving end, he has a 55 receiving grade. 14 receptions, 148 yards, which is nearly as many rushing yards as he has, and three drops, and that was coming into this game. In this game, Aaron Jones had 13 carries, 35 yards, 2.7 yards per attempt. And again, you can blame the offensive line if you want. A.J. Dillon had 7.8 yards per attempt. He had nine carries for 70 yards. He literally had double the amount of yardage on four less carries. Jordan Love had 5.5 yards per attempt. And yes, a lot of that was Dillon's one carry, but so what? justifying Aaron Jones means not just that, well, I think he's slightly better than Dylan. It, it needs, everybody wants Dylan gone for the most part. You shouldn't just be matching Dylan or slightly better than Dylan. You should be blowing Dylan out of the water. And to get more carries than him and to have 2.7 yards per attempt, that's, that's just not good enough. And as a receiver, six targets, which is the second most targeted, aside from Christian Watson, who was targeted seven times, only caught two. But on those six targets... He had four receptions for just 19 yards. It was the third lowest amount of yards ahead of only A.J. Dillon, who had one reception. 
and Tucker Kraft, who had one reception. He had four receptions for 19 yards, 3.2 yards per target, and it doesn't list how many drops, but I would guess it's at least two, just going off the dome. So again, I don't like going at Aaron Jones because he's a good dude, but it just is what it is right now. We're not even getting average production at this point. He had just 3.1 yards per attempt last week, and that was pretty bad. He was at 2.7 this week. That's his lowest this year. And honestly, if we look at Aaron Jones last year and how he started compared to how he finished, starting in week 11, his grades were 60, 60, 70, 60, 50, 70, 60. Honestly, even going back even for, I mean, uh, the, the entire season, it was average, elite, subpar, Good, good, average, average. I mean, it, he had an 86 grade, but it was on the back of like three elite games and like four good games. Most of his games were average or worse. In fact, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of his games were average or worse, as in 60s or lower. Now, again, it's still averaged out high, and maybe that's somewhat normal for him. He still got 5.3 yards per attempt, so everything's fine. He did only have two touchdowns. He did have five fumbles. He did have six drops on the season, which it looks like he's going to have more than that this year. But I just wonder if maybe this has been coming a little bit sooner than, or it's been happening longer than we thought. We just haven't been paying attention because he's Aaron Jones and he's awesome and his grades are fine and his stats are more or less fine. 1,100 yards, 5.3 yards per attempt. What is there to complain about? But I'm just saying maybe the signs were there and we just really weren't looking. So either way, you know, as much as we're looking at it saying, hey, Jordan needs to watch out and all these guys need to watch. I mean, Aaron Jones, as, as great of a dude as he is, you know when you're talking rebuild, guys like Aaron Jones are at the top of the list of, you know, you got to be something super spectacular and offer us a discount in order for you to stay. And given the current production and, and the, the injury is not to his benefit, you know, it's like, well, he's been injured. Well, that doesn't help the cause. So I'm just saying... Enjoy it while you got it, because I don't know that this will be a thing next year. Maybe the Packers, you know, look for a, a big reduction in his pay, and he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's possible. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I appreciate everybody's calls. We got a bunch to get through, and uh, I will do my best to make sure we get through all of them this week. Keep them coming in, because I know they taper off uh, down the stretch a little bit. But you guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.